This is Catherine, and you're listening to The Thoughtful Runner. This episode is about the part of ourselves that we're able to find when we run or walk. It's about how nature and the outdoors help us do it. In the words of Juan Ramon Jimenez, Yo no soy yo, soy eso, que va a mi lado sin lo verlo. I can't really do Spanish. I am not I, I am this one, standing beside me, who I do not see. I was sad. My friend Katie told me to get my walking boots on. She was right. I'd paused to look at my walking boots as I departed my now ex-home, but hadn't been able to carry them, so, installed with a pair of borrowed Wellingtons, I sought to move through emotion with the beautiful backdrop here in autumnal Sussex. The dog and I caught the sunshine and went wandering in a set of fields and woodlands yet to be bulldozed. It was, and always is, a comfort to see that the same steadfast oak stands in the middle of the first field. The trees have stood here all my life and almost have their own personalities. The land around tapers down towards a brook where I used to build dams with my brothers and sisters. You cross a bridge made of wooden sleepers. The railway runs alongside and scoops upwards in a way towards Balkan. There's another wooden bridge where we would mostly unsuccessfully play poo sticks, a traditional Sussex pastime, before the stream wanders away along the railway sidings. There's a fallen ash tree in the woodland that my sister once told me was a dinosaur's neck. It looks like it. The roots along the footpath curl in the mud like alien marauders, watching, witnessing, still. A bunch of kids have battered the clay into thick mounds to make jumps for their bikes. Every time I return here, I return to a place of peace and comfort and familiarity, to an identity that is no longer current, but still present. I'm not a philosopher, so I must take care not to misuse words like other. But when I walk or run in nature, and possibly when you do too, I'm lifted out of myself and my worries. There's still a sort of identity or relationship, but this one travels through time, resolves the boundaries of past or alternate selves, of inner conflicts and outer pain. Can I call it another? Is that taken yet? A good walk or run blows the cobwebs away and reminds us of a greater whole, one in which we have a place but which is, ultimately, unshaken by present traumas. It's like you can become someone else, someone that is you but a better you, a you that makes more sense. We seek connection with this feeling in many ways, in a good old chat with friends, in shared experiences, maybe even in physicality or performance, putting our vulnerabilities on show for others to process instead. But a lone journey makes for great personal honesty and a lightness we cannot find when stuck, motionless inside the limits of our heads. Not every walk has this effect, of course. It would be inconvenient to find yourself in a meditative state as you pop to the newsagent for milk or dog around your handbag for a bus pass. But I suppose when we choose to run or walk amongst nature, we're already making a sort of commitment to ourselves and to a personal inner journey. Whether our intention is to find inner peace, or to look outwards instead, or to be alone, we can give ourselves that time and space for whatever it needs to be that day. In the top field, the low sun cast long shadows. The sky, all-knowing, was laced with blues from another climb, knitting together the undocumented patchwork of colour, shape and form, the breeze whisking away the lingering remnants of last night's dreams, threads of thoughts that may or may not return. The lofty beauty of autumn is delivered by the most temporary of lights. We revel in this time of year, 
each of us feeling somehow transported to our roots by the warm fading of the season and connected to something honest and immutable and saviour-like. Even if our impact is less than graceful, a golf ball wedged implausibly in a tree fork, a Pepsi can from the 90s, a burnt-out car, or a single rubber glove amongst the modest autumn leaves, it is at least testament to our constant interaction with the natural world. We seem to long for union with nature as an instinct, maybe in nostalgia for the pre-industrialised Britain where most of our population was innately connected to the pattern and flux of the seasons year to year. Because agricultural life on an island does depend on it. We haven't lost this instinct. The other in us might be found in nature, and when we connect to it, we connect to something that feels less limited than our day-to-day -day lives. It is there, a quiet wonder, whether it is a glorious sunny day, or the first frosty Monday morning, or a sudden mist that descends upon a nighttime walk. Aren't we always conscious of the unresolved? Even if it doesn't sit in plain sight, we are masters at ignoring what we know to be there, but which is not convenient to see. We can spend all day in search or avoidance of it, but when we are uplifted by a landscape or a leaf, it is present immediately. I don't know if it helps to talk so generally about things on this podcast. I hope you'll forgive me if this one's a dud. The idea of these programmes is partly for my own enjoyment, but also to start a little conversation with you, another runner, other runner, about some of the things that make this an important and enjoyable pastime, both mentally and physically. My now ex-boyfriend told me to put more personal stuff in here, but I think we connect to what is universal in each other's stories, so what is more universal than thinking your world has ended and then remembering, as you gaze up into a bright winter sky, that everywhere worlds are ending and beginning at the same time and in that moment of realisation, you're a part of all of them at once. We may see nothing but an empty sky or a lone fallen leaf, but we know they are part of a whole. Next time you're running, Think of the other runners who are reaching out to you across the void. I'll be waving. Mm -hmm.